Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm senior editor Devinder Hardawar. I'm reviews editor Sherlyn Lowe. This week, it's all about the Surface Duo and uh, Microsoft's Xbox Series S and X. And, uh, hmm, that's probably a little bit of a problematic lettering scheme for them. Uh, we got a lot of news around Xbox, but mostly, I think what we're most excited by is uh, the Surface Duo review, yeah. which Sherlyn Lowe just posted uh, on Engadget, and we can talk about it more. Finally. We can talk about turning it on yes. and all that, the fun stuff you would do with a modern device, right? <laughs> uh, fun stuff, sure. Uh, sure, fun's the word for it, I guess. <laughs> fun's the word for it. Fun's the word. As always, if you're enjoying the show, be sure to subscribe to the Engadget podcast on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. We're on Spotify. We're, we're everywhere modern podcasts can be found. Email us at podcast at Engadget.com. And if you're around Thursday mornings, you can check us out live around 10 a.m. Eastern as we record the show. We do some like behind the scenes Q&A and we take, yeah, we take questions. We show off devices, all that fun stuff. So you get some cool behind the scenes action if you join us there. So Sherlyn, the Surface Duo, <laughs> it is finally here. The, the killer dual screen device from Microsoft. Who needs the Galaxy Fold when Microsoft is here with the Surface Duo? What are your What are your overall thoughts? And I mean, we've been like you. You did not score this thing very high. So, what do you think at this point? Uh, I I <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough one. I did not score this thing very high. I guess uh, compared to other devices that we review, but we generally also review like higher end, better made devices in general. Um, but this thing scored better made. One this thing <laughs> scored one point more than the original Galaxy Fold. One or two points more, but uh and a lot more That's than what, 73? That was like seventy three? That was like seventy now, the original Galaxy mm-hmm. Fold was like 70 or so. The ZTE X on M got like 69. Mm-hmm. But really, our scoring system is just more... It makes more sense if you look at our rubric. And sure. and you scored this one a 73, which is not... A 71, it should be, but... That's clearly the do not recommend. Uh, 71, okay. Okay. Uh, and, and Clearly in the do not recommend territory, right? I, that's not what our rubric would say. But I think that <laughs> uh, if you look at it on a scale of five stars, it's like three and a half stars. So it's not like... A shining four-star review. It's it's like there's mm-hmm. a lot to be excited by and excited for, but there's not uh, there's it's not yet time to buy something like this. That I unless you have a lot of money and you're a diehard fan. So that's like the general <laughs> takeaway, right? I think I I felt like I needed to do this review a lot of. Uh, do a service, do this product service because it's everyone's been yeah. so excited about it, and I really kind of wanted to like it because also when you might review Microsoft product, 
the fans come at you if you say anything mean. <laughs> um, so I was like, I definitely like had that in my head, but I have to also be fair and honest, right? And this thing, the hardware is nice for the most part, and the software is just as has been the case for dual screen devices in the last few years, the software still needs so much work. Um, yeah. I'm going to dive into that really quickly, but for the full details and the more detailed like impressions, you can check out our review that's already on Engadget.com, our review video, which I just want to shout out is a three-way collaboration between me, Chris Velasco, our <laughs> senior mobile editor, and Brian O, our video producer. It's was like the first time I'd gone and worked with Brian in a long time and V was just there like to shoot photos. I know yeah. it felt like, can I just say that like, I forget how much work it is to do reviews on your own until mm. I go and help get help from someone else. Like in <laughs> pandemic times, I'm doing everything myself. I'm shooting my stand up, I'm shooting my photos, I'm doing the work of reviewing it and writing it. But I had help this time, so it was fun. It's it's nice to see some normalcy hopefully return. Anyway, so hardware here. Two 5.6-inch AMOLEDs connected together to form an 8.1-inch screen that's about like 1,800 uh, together combined in terms of resolution. Mm -hmm. uh, each of these panels is 4 by 3 so it's a little wide. And that wideness is one of the reasons it's like a little off as a phone. So this thing, the right, way right. I... It's boxy, the it's, whole. Yeah. Oof, ma, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 I... Um, I approached this review kind of looking at the Surface Duo in all the different things it's trying to be. So first as a phone, and then as a tablet, mm. and then as the things in between. And as a phone, do do not use the camera. Just do not. Like it's, it's a bad camera. Although it got better with you, right? They issued some software updates since I tested it. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be better. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> so what happens with the <laughs> Surface Duo is that there's only one camera, and it's above the right display when it's both when it's opened up and facing you but not everyone's going to take photos with it like that everyone's going to like fold it down mm. and have the screen facing outside so because of that it needs like the surface one needs to know which screen you're looking at to take a photo with and so that's mm. where the software comes in the software needs to know where you're looking and it just does not do that very well. And that's why the Vinger was having a lot of issues because it just wouldn't stay on for me. Well, also it was just a bad camera. Like for me, <laughs> the awareness was there, but the camera sucked. So the camera quality is not great. It works well enough in daylight. And so like blue skies, red buildings, whatever, all look good and sharp. But mm -hmm. at night it's pretty garbage. And in a <laughs> portrait mode, uh, we took photos of Brian's dog and she looked much cuter on my Pixel 4a, like, let's, be, let's just put that that way, um, mm -hmm. because the portrait mode is superior there. But yeah, no, the camera itself is bad, but the software, it's it's going to hold up anytime you want to try to get like something that's fleeting. So like your dog right. was just had his tongue out, and then you wanted to take a photo. That's not going to happen. Your kid was smiling, mm -hmm. and then when by the time you get a phone out, your kid will be crying. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, and also like you have to take factor in the time to to rotate the phone if it's closed. That's what it is exactly. Too. Like so, there's there's so much friction in front of so what much. you're trying to do unless you keep the phone open with both screens on both sides, and you could do that. I've talked to some. Microsoft I do that. Yeah, too. that's that's how they've been using the phone. Yes, and it's perfectly fine. Yes, but it's still kind of annoying. So yeah, know? that's the thing is that you were you're supposed to if you. I've been advised by friends in the in, in you know in reviewer land also that like I I was at first like ugh I can't see my updates on the outside screen because there's no outside screen they're like why don't you fold mm -hmm. it all the right all the way around and I'm like oh okay so I used it a while like that 
it's yeah. better that way. And I see Shirlene listening to her reviewer friends and not me because that was literally the first thing I told you. No, to that's do. not what you told me to in do. my notes for it. Oh, yeah. oh no, yeah. I will admit to not having actually read your notes. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> but anyways, I so. sat down and I wrote Shirlene a two-page document based on my testing. Do you testing think I had time not after it. the Android review to wow. do anything other than dive into wow. this review? Anyway. Oh yeah, also Sherlyn reviewed Android and we'll talk about we'll that talk later. We'll talk about that later on. So anyway, <laughs> that's one of the phone things, right? A good smartphone camera is almost par for the course these days and it just doesn't do that very well. Then we have other phone things like making calls and like that worked, I guess. I mm -hmm. called Chris Velasco and we were like, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, you can hear me. Okay, great. But it's not a good phone to hold up to your head, it's, right? It's because not it's like so, so wide chunky. that my hands struggled to hold it up, but it felt a little weird. Like it looks a little odd, but again, like, mm -hmm. eh, I mean, it's it's like... It's very much... It is sort of like talking into a Nintendo DS. Yes. I think the DS Lite <laughs> in a way because of the folding mechanism. And even though the screens are thin together... They're a little thick. Uh, the thing weighs over half a pound. Uh, I think the main thing for me. Well, like I didn't feel like it was. I mean, oh, yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel that long, uh, that heavy. It's 250 grams. Just like, yeah, I guess that's over. It is over half a pound. That's but, over half a pound. That but is heavy. I didn't know. I mean, yeah. I didn't hold it up to my ear that much because I, I guess most people take longer sure. calls with earbuds. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But go I, ahead. I think the bigger problem, too, is that even if you fold it over and you're just using one screen, there is no one thumbed great interaction so yeah it because it's so wide it's you need both thumbs definitely as a phone uh yeah. it's so wide that it's a two-hand phone and it's also but i mean there is one hand that's hyping on this like yes. on this swift key there keyboard. is but it's, it's not great it's fine yeah, it's fine the one hand that typing honestly is fine it's just everything else that's not typing on this phone mode mm -hmm. is not great so there's also this, that so the keyboard does this thing that i find really they think it's really helpful where if you have one side of the screen open or if you have a folded open booklet mode, one-handed keyboards will appear depending yeah. on the screen. Which has like actually been pretty with. helpful for me. It's fine, but yeah. I don't I don't like typing with a single thumb like that. Like, it's still awkward. It's not as fast as one thumb typing on a normal phone just because of the way your hands are held open. So I found that annoying. I had to actually ask Microsoft if they considered like a halfway keyboard that was right in between both screens. In but that, mode, that that doesn't work because the thumbs. hinge yeah. will eat up the keyboard unless they. I mean, they will probably well, no. have to build it. It would in a have split to be way, smart yeah. enough to go over both. That's There's there is yeah. a sort of split keyboard, but it didn't look yeah. great for me. Anyway, I I had no issues with the one-handed typing. I found it okay. Um, the the keyboard is a whole other issue we will get into. <laughs> but that's that's all the main phone things, right? Whether you're trying yeah. to use it one-handed and uh, taking photos or making calls, I think. As a phone, can we, can we talk about some of the modes too? By the way, because right, I'm about to I go into like the other mode. over the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so as a phone, here's the wrap up. Like, it's fine. Yeah. It's nothing great, nothing terrible. As as a tablet, it is mm -hmm. to me pretty garbage. Um, and as a tablet, so this is what I mean. Like, we gotta we gotta situate. So, this. as so a this tablet, is a we're opening up device, the screen. You open it up all the way, and yeah. they're you lay it flat so that it's flush 180 mm -hmm. degrees. And then there are other modes where, like, you have a half folded, and I can get into explaining what each mode is in a little bit. So, tablet mode again is when you have both screens side by side, and there's that hinge in the middle. And to me, that's the main reason why it's pretty bad because that hinge eats up stuff. 
if mm-hmm. if you're not using Swift key, you're using any other keyboard, which you shouldn't because it, no other keyboard understands this device just yet, uh, you'll lose buttons that you can press, right? If you're gaming in this mode, there's parts of the screen you can't touch. So if there's like a character, uh, like an objective that you need to hit that's in the, screen, the hinge, right. you need to move around it. Um, reading an article, you'll miss certain letters here and there. And the hinge is big enough that you lose words that are like two or three letters long. So like was, mm-hmm. is, as, those are gone. Um, yeah. But again, you can... St- I, would, I would say, by the way, like it depends on how you're using it as a tablet, just because I, I think the hinge is very noticeable, right? It's there. You would yes. never full screen video and watch it across both screens it because be that's pain. insane. Yeah. It just looks bad. But uh, I did really enjoy doing things like uh, full screen the New York Times app and you know holding the device like portrait style like an iPad almost and scrolling up and down and reading articles even though there were sometimes things cut off in the middle like it you just scroll up a little and you can still keep reading so I actually like that ability to dive deeper into long articles and stuff so that's yeah I you and yeah. you can for sure do that if you need a bigger screen because words are small and you need them to look bigger too that's yeah. definitely helpful um to have this orientation for me I've always enjoyed reading it like one on one screen alone so that's fine by me um but yeah I mean compared to the the uh, Galaxy Z Fold 2, which is something that a lot of readers and listeners ask us to do, is compare this to the Z Fold 2 because mm-hmm. it's it's time to have this foldables versus <laughs> dual screen debate right now, right? It's it's these two devices are coming out. Um, I finally spent some time with the Z Fold 2 as well. So one app that I use a lot in, or not use a lot, one app that I use to compare tablet mode in is Instagram. And on the, on the Duo, Instagram just is like, no, thank you. The The hinge to me is really bad. Like, you imagine you're looking at a picture of a cute, like, sure. what a beautiful scene or like globe mm-hmm. wanderers or something is one of the things I follow. Yeah. So Instagram in full screen tablet mode, a problem. I didn't mind it in like the split like booklet mode. where It's fine in the split book mode. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah. in this tablet mode, Instagram does not look great. But on the Z Fold yeah. 2, this is what I'm trying to get to, which is on the Z Fold 2, yeah, there's no hinge. Instead, there's a little crease and that's fine. So it, pictures look better. But Instagram is so bad at understanding. And maybe this is an Android problem. But Instagram is so bad at understanding yeah. um, what the screen size is that it it actually, instead of taking up the whole screen, it will it shows the phone version, which is the long version of Instagram, and then the background, the rest right. of the two sides are That's flanked with right. blank space. So, like, so like the fundamental problem with both of these is that Android stinks for tablets, and this this is why the entire Android tablet market has kind of collapsed, aside from the super cheap stuff like the Fire tablets and um, you know the really high end Samsung stuff, which is their custom software. And really we're seeing a we're seeing that. a resurgence in lower cost mm-hmm. uh, Android tablets. So I don't know, maybe Android will feel the pressure to improve its software. I mean, it looks like it's working with Microsoft to do some it's improvements been here. Ten years. And it Google's has been like, forever, and I'm not know. trying to yeah. like defend Google because I do think they have a lot of work to do on this mobile OS and encouraging developers to improve. Uh, their apps and the experience overall but also when you say things like you like reading the new york times full screen you're also like i like this experience you know what i mean like there are things mm-hmm. that you're okay with uh that i wouldn't be okay with so i think that it's, it sure. really depends on what you're going to use it for too um but anyway tablet mode can we, can we take a step back by the way like so you did phone tablet phone mode tablet mode those are things we know we know how to use devices like that i feel like this device the real calling card is that it does things nothing else has really done before. So there's booklet mode, 
We're holding it open. I, I, quite a little bit first, I wouldn't say no one else has done yeah. this before. Everyone that has made a dual screen mm. phone has done something like this, a sort of multitasking mode. But okay, so the two other Not modes, really like this. Yeah. there's two or three other modes you'll, you'll really use this in. One is book mode when you have the screens sort of folded and you're running two apps side mm-hmm. by side and they're taking up uh each app is taking up one regular smartphone screen or well regular meaning four by three um and then that's the book mode and i like book mode a lot and we'll get into why i like book mode a lot later but then if you wanted to go an overview into all the modes that are coming um if you flip this book mode into horizontal landscape that's laptop-ish mode um which to me is garbage again and i'll tell you why again in a little bit but uh mostly because the keyboard experience is really bad then if you fold the screens outwards halfway you get a more traditional tent mode where which we've seen on like convertible um laptops we've seen on other dual screen phones as well where both screens are facing out and you can prop it up on Mm -hmm. say an airplane tray table um this is good for like watching videos on the four by three inch screen which is really nice by the way um but my favorite mode turned out to be uh with intent mode, but instead of propping them up on the edges, I actually use one of the screens as a base. So like, I put one of the screens facing down and the other screen mm-hmm. kind of facing me. I use this, <laughs> one of the side effects for of reviewing a Microsoft product, which I tweeted this out already, is I've become mm-hmm. incredibly addicted to solitaire. Like it's a problem. Um, mm. But I, I, I use this mode where it's half propped up to to play hours and hours of solitaire. And it felt this like- This is was... Lynn playing bad <laughs> games on airplane. Yeah backseats all over i miss game. airplane bad airplane games <laughs> so much that i got, <laughs> so you recreate the experience uh um, let me just say like there are a couple of things in booklet mode i really enjoyed having like twitter on one side yes. and, and the new york times app on the other where i'm just not staring and doom scrolling my twitter feed like i'm actually being productive and doing other stuff and seeing what's happening on twitter it's that sort of multitasking that's interesting to me and exciting. But yeah, it was still super buggy. I know you had issues with software problems. So, right, and it seems like every reviewer did. Again, yeah, like I said, this is this is something that a lot of dual screen, even the Galaxy Z Fold 2 can do this. You can have two apps side by side and interact. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I really liked book mode. Book mode is the one thing... The one shining thing about the Surface Duo, uh, you know, I did things like, uh, yeah, the Ventress at Twitter on one side and whatever else you want to do on the other side. In this mode, though, you want to be careful. Uh, if you have a mm-hmm. video that you want to play, play it on the left side uh, if that's okay for you because the speaker is on the left side. And there's only one speaker on this thing. So if you're playing a video on the and right... it sounds bad, too. It sounds, it's yeah. It's loud, great. but it doesn't have great quality. Um, yeah. The video, if it's on the right and the sound coming from the left, it feels a little jarring to me, but it's not a huge deal. Now, um, mm-hmm. with these two apps side by side, you can do a lot of things concurrently, which is nice. Twitter while watching videos, or for me, it was like uh, watching a YouTube video and like noting down timestamps on the other screen, which is nice, right? Because I wanted to make notes for our editors or something. The best thing that Microsoft has done is to enable drag and drop. Drag and drop is something that will be very helpful for people who are doing a lot of like, I don't know, referencing of certain articles or doing a lot of research as they're going along. It only works on Microsoft apps for now. So like to-do word, edge, and all of that stuff. I've never used Edge <laughs> as much as I have in this review, by the way. <laughs> like, and Edge, by the way, doesn't even perform that well. Chrome s- scrolled a lot smoother yeah. and just worked a lot better. But Edge is the thing where 
Yeah, you could take it's some built text, in features. throw it over to Word. I will say yeah. some of the features that Microsoft built in Chrome also offers as well, like mm-hmm. opening a link in another window on the other screen when it detects it's empty. Um, Chrome also sort of does that in a similar way. So, you know, maybe Google will update Chrome to work better with the Duo. But yeah, so <laughs> so drag and drop, uh, when I spoke with Microsoft, they were like, oh yeah, apps have to set their, uh, developers have to set their apps as targets for both dragging as well as dropping before it will mm-hmm. work. So it sounds like, developer support needs to come and I don't know if it's going to come. They've had one year to get mm. developers on board, right? They announced it and they were like working with developers for a year before releasing this and still there's not a lot of apps that work with this feature. So that's kind of weird. Um, yeah. But book mode is otherwise great and the hardware is so nicely weighted mm. that it's actually very easy to hold with one hand, two hand, however you want to hold it. It's, it's like perfectly balanced. weighted. I think yeah. the way we described it in the hands-on, it feels like the way um, you know knife makers really balance. Yeah, I saw you wrote makers. that. Like it's well balanced on both sides. And Microsoft was talking to us. They really had to think about the hardware, right? Like, yes. That's why there's no NFC. Yes. That's why there's no headphone jack. Um, what else? Wireless charging yeah. and headphone jack too. Well, headphone jack. It's not. It's, it's too thin it's, to even have yeah, the headphone it's jack. It's definitely anywhere. too thin. But if they put in a coil for NFC, that would add weight to one side. Yeah. So they have to balance it to another and. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm sad it doesn't really have dustproofing or waterproofing. Yeah, there's no IP rating. Because apparently they couldn't seal the hinge. It's yeah. sad. Um, so anyway, book mode we've established is pretty good. The other things are, uh, I also talked about like the tent casino mode. Um, the last thing is laptop mode. Well, not really the last thing. You can use this in any variety of ways. Laptop yeah. mode yeah. is just bad. A, I don't like touchscreen keyboards for like a laptop style typing experience. But B, the la- when when you're away, so you're describing putting it up one yes. screen up, one screen flat on the table, and like having the full keyboard in front of you. Yep. If you don't have a computer nearby, that's not a bad way to type along email. But it's not. Yeah, not something I would use. For I a I sooner do two handed typing because on this. Right, on this right. uh, 5.6 inch screen, uh, even that sort of touch typing is not great. I tried even using two finger mm-hmm. typing rather than my usual typing, and it still was not good. So, okay, so in this mode, never mind the typing experience being not that great. The apps just don't understand what the hell is going on when you do that too. Yeah. Where yeah. like I am watching, a, say I'm watching a video <laughs> up top on the on the monitor type screen, and then on the base screen, I am trying to type a message to a friend. Anytime I try to like input text on the bottom screen, either mm-hmm. the app completely takes up both screens and like clears my video up top, or the keyboard covers the bottom app entirely, so I can't even see what the hell I'm typing. And in some cases, like when I was trying to log in to Google Drive on the bottom screen, the keyboard appeared, covered what I was typing. <laughs> Never mind. I was like, I remember what my password or my username. I'm going to type it mm-hmm. in. Clear the keyboard afterwards. It didn't type anything into the field. And I repeated this like three times. I was like making sure I definitely hit the input field. I definitely <laughs> hit the letters. I definitely hit return and enter. Nothing would freaking work. So it's still definitely like yeah. finicky. Yeah. And speaking of finicky. This is what we say about first gen products, yes. by the way, is- even when they're cool, even when they're super seem exciting, never buy first. It's thirteen ninety nine. I mean, there's so much. Don't. So where do you? Yeah, where do you land on that, Sherlyn? So Who, should anybody buy this? Should they wait for sales? What's up? There are some people that will buy this regardless. I know that yeah. there are people who have already pre-ordered it because that's those are the people that will buy it, right? You're already that hype for it that you're going to pre-order it. Um, mm-hmm. And my biggest issue for other people is that like the software is far from finished. It's mm-hmm. it's Microsoft, even uh, when I was talking to them, we're like, oh, we're planning monthly rollouts of updates to fix a lot of these issues. And some of their updates have been effective, but there's just mm-hmm. a lot of 
there's just a lot you'll have to put up with. And if you want to pay $13.99 to put up with a lot of crap for a device that yeah. will most likely not be your main phone or your main device, it's really more like a tablet, so it's like a secondary device, then yeah, sure. <laughs> if you have the patience and the money and the time and you know tolerance for clutter, do it. But everyone else is not going to benefit from buying this. So. I well, think that's say, right. How does this make you feel about the Surface Neo, which is the slightly larger Windows version <laughs> of this concept? Um, I... I'm still interested in seeing what they do with it. <laughs> I feel like yeah. you have more experience than I do with dual screen Windows devices, like the Aces, like the ZenBook Duo things. I don't sure, sure. have any faith in Windows being a touch-friendly <laughs> dual screen software, but uh, I think yeah. the hardware will be nice. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting just because, yeah, they're also, they have the like hideout keyboard yes. that's going to be a part of that, like the keyboard case. I'm I'm intrigued by it, but mostly I love to see companies playing around with hardware like this, even though it's not something I think anybody should buy right I, now. Yeah. The fact that first they're experimenting just... here. Remember, the first Surface, the Surface RT was a piece of garbage, <laughs> but the concept was good. And over time, I feel like they got to a really interesting point with it. So I will, I'm intrigued and certainly more intrigued than other folding phones. I will definitely say that the Neo's slide out keyboard case gives me a bit more hope that it will actually be a good laptop mode kind of device. And yeah, it might actually yeah. be pretty nice. So I can't wait till you get to test it and let us know like what that is, what that experience is like. Maybe I'll buy that. I don't know. Okay, enough about dual screen phones. Let's talk about, I don't know, some big honking console hardware. This week, we finally got the launch details of the Xbox Series S and the Series X. Well, first of all, Microsoft confirmed that the Series S existed after a uh, a bit of a leak earlier this week, which I don't know if that was planned or not, because it certainly like spurred on excitement from a lot of people. So like, what was it, Monday night or Tuesday night, we had learned that, you know, the Series S leaked out, it exists. It looked like a very small thing. The price leaked out. It was $299. And eventually, Microsoft confirmed everything. So the Series S and X are launching on November 10th. And the Series S is $299. So to me, that is super interesting, especially more as we learn more about what it can do. Because we've been talking about this Xbox Series X for a very long time. The Series S is an entirely new beast. So joining us to discuss all this is our UK Bureau Chief, Matt Hey, Smith. thanks Matt, for having me on going? again. Um, yep, I promised to behave this time around. I'm doing well. How are you guys well, doing? I don't know. Actually, like I'm doing okay, Matt, but I just realized I just invited the world's biggest uh, Sony PlayStation <laughs> fanboy like, to talk about the On the, the Xbox. BBC, they call purpose. this balance, yeah. <laughs> That's the funny thing. So like this, you know, I'm, kind of, I'm one of these people that kind of has to be won over. I mean... I mean, I'm not yeah, blind. Yeah. This is like a bargain. Wait, so then I'm the control group, right? Because I don't know anything about either. Like, so I don't know anything. You're the solitaire TV. fanatic of the joint. I want the Nintendo Switch. No, but I do. I mean, that price, two ninety nine mm. for the Series S, sounds really good, and I am mm-hmm. intrigued. I might buy it, but what do I get mm-hmm. for that price? Well, let me. Yeah, let me run down. So the Series S is a device targeting 1440p at 60 frames per second, which is that's notable because I, I think like. The Xbox uh, One X, which is the highest-end Xbox One that they launched, that was really good for 1080p at 60 FPS. Sometimes it got up to 4K, but 1440p, 60, that means really sharp resolution. Some 1440p monitors out there, this will be really good for. But for people with older TVs, and even with people uh, for people with 4K sets, 
1440p upscaled to 4K still looks pretty damn good. And 60 FPS means it'll look smooth on most screens, but also it supports up to 120 frames per second. So for the newer 4K sets with higher refresh rates, like the, the new LG OLEDs, you'll get even smoother gameplay. And to me, that's really impressive that they managed to squeeze this amount of hardware in there. It uses the same super fast SSD technology that um, the Xbox Series X is going to have. Uh, it has most of the things you'd want from the Series X. There's even hardware ray tracing, although I don't, I can't imagine they can really t do too much with that tech at such a low price point. Um, but it has so much. And I think for most people, you'll notice faster load times because of that hard drive. You'll notice smoother gameplay because you're actually hitting 60 FPS and not like some weird 30 frames per second, 1080. So I think for a lot of people, this is going to be a good upgrade. Matt, what do you think right now? Because this is competing with the PlayStation 5. And the only, we know there's going to be a disc PlayStation 5, the full one, and discless, but they're still basically Yeah, the they're same still going to have the same right? graphical hardware inside. That's what's so intriguing here. They're two very different propositions yeah. from Xbox. And I kind I mean, we're going I'm going back to really basic things here, but I really like how the Series S looks. <laughs> like it looks like some kind of European yeah, it's very cute. speaker electronics thing that plays CDs or some other yesteryear physical media it looks really attractive i, I really this, like I it i think like it looked really nice like on my tv table console stand thing um yeah it's very attractive it looking like and it, although it does look like uh a drive-through <laughs> yeah speaker yeah it looked like it looked like a system with a solar panel on top which <laughs> hey give me give me infinite sun power yeah, right. oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could string them together like Two Series S's equals a Series X or something. Anyway. Mm, that's, yeah. that's the future. That's where we're headed. But yeah, Microsoft showed off like this thing is basically half the size of a Series X. It looks like it's a cute, little, cute little thing. They're calling it the smallest Xbox <laughs> ever made. If you look at the if you look at the controller yeah. even next week, it looks like basically the width of two Xbox controllers. Not even two Xbox controllers. So it is, yeah, it's it's impressive. And I'll just say, like, for that price. $299 for essentially a next-gen experience. That's impressive because really it's only Nintendo that's been hitting yeah. that and their hardware like the Switch. The Switch isn't like the fastest hardware around. What was right. cool about the Switch was the portability and everything. So there's that. And also this is going to be part of Xbox All Access. So in 12 countries, you can basically lease this over two years. And um, it's 25 bucks a month. But that includes Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and we're going to get really confusing here. And Game Pass Ultimate brings in, that normally costs 15 bucks a month. And that includes the Game Pass game subscription service, but also Xbox I Live. I think I'd either gone to bed or checked out mentally from work by the time that the pricing of the financing. I didn't know it included Game Pass. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's the whole uh, point. So, right? so it have... Does it have to include Game Pass because there's no discs with it or, or like what? Well, well, okay. So yeah, this is a discless machine. It doesn't have to include Game Pass, but I will say as somebody who's been, I did that crazy deal uh, a couple of years ago where you could basically pre-order ahead three years of Xbox uh, Game Pass mm. Ultimate. Um, it is worth paying for it because it's normally it's 15 bucks a month. You get over like a hundred games mm. to play. Yeah. Um, and if you're like me, you can't always like find time to play the newest games. It's really nice to just have a library of yeah good games to jump into also every new microsoft game so everything the halo forza whenever a new microsoft game launches it is on game pass so at one point i just had i thought to myself why am i paying 
60 bucks for Forza Horizon 4, right? Or 3, I forget which one it was. Um, why am I picking 60 bucks for that when that could pay for four months of Game Pass and I'll have the same game? Yeah. And I think that's the value proposition there. And that's more valuable to Microsoft than just buy- people buying consoles because that's consistent membership. That is, you know, that's somebody who's going to be paying for years rather than buying a thing and walking away, maybe buying one game like people used to in some consoles. So. I know there's a ton of value here. Matt, any further thoughts, Sherlyn? I, I might buy it. I don't know. I'm thinking I might buy it because <laughs> it's affordable. It's only $100 more than my Switch, more or less. And it's that Xbox Game Pass thing sounds like a good way to try more games for me because that's one reason I don't try a lot of games on the Switch is because each of them are $50. I'm just like, what the hell? Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. But maybe I should wait for a PS5? I don't know, Matt. Convince me, Matt. I don't. So, yeah, yeah Davindra, why are you anti-PlayStation then for the next gen? I'm not anti-PlayStation. I just think it's uh, it's fine. It's uh, So here's the thing. I normally end up getting both systems. So nobody can say I'm a fanboy for one thing. See, that's the thing, though. But I think but... That's, the, that's the crux of the matter, though, isn't it? Because... You, yeah, you kind of. I get the Xbox is a bargain, and then with the game, you know, with a Game Pass, yeah. it makes so much sense on so many levels. It makes sense for Microsoft because they're getting, like you said, sustained income, and for gamers, you get so many games. Like you get them on launch, so many. Games. But if you think of like the most amazing games, I'll I'll give Microsoft Flight Simulator, but barring Flight Simulator. <laughs> Everything else that's been exciting, arguably in console gaming, like again, ignore Nintendo, but all the big hitters have been PlayStation mm-hmm. 4. Like, well, so it's they're doing very yeah. different things, right? Like, Sony, I think, has banked on the big budget, huge profile games, Last of Us 2, right? Uh, the Uncharted series, Spider Man, yeah, God Ghost of War, of like, Tsushima, Sony Final Fantasy 7, Last of Us 2. Yeah, yeah, th- th- those are like. So I mean, goes big. Davindra in Slack earlier, I think earlier this week, he said, what, is there not enough anime games for you, Matt, on the Xbox? And I was yep. like, well, that's kind of true, yeah. But the main thing is just give me one it's ninja. Totally I mean, just give me a game that kind of yeah. tickles my fancy on the Xbox. And yeah, I mean, the Series S just looks like such good value. And um, a quick point I would like to make, isn't it amazing that perhaps in 2021, we'll have a new Nintendo Switch that will cost more than a current generation Xbox? Oof. Isn't that weird? Ooh, that'll be... I do feel like Nintendo, even if they do release a new Switch next year, it would still be four three hundred. Like, yeah. I feel like they would stick with that rather than go higher. Well, but same price. Because also their hardware is always, a l- like, at least a generation behind. So the stuff Nintendo buys is cheaper and not as, you know, not yeah. as crazy pricey as what Microsoft and Sony are doing. I'll say, yeah, to your point, Matt, like, I... I turn on my PlayStation when there is that big game to play, like when I want to go through Spider-Man, when I want to go through God of War. But I do spend most of my time back in the Microsoft ecosystem because Xbox has a lot of indie games that I often end up jumping into because I like to spend time in Game Pass. Um, I don't want to just go, I don't buy too many new games because it's it's expensive and it gets crazy. And uh, I also have a PC. (laughs) And I think... Game Pass becomes even more of a value on the PC side because Game Pass Ultimate includes Game Pass for PC, which has some games. Um, I think, what is it? Crusader Kings 3, which people are really hyped into right now. That's yeah. a hot new game coming out. The PC gets that stuff as part of the Windows Store, as part of Game Pass. So there's just a huge value there. And that's kind of where I like to spend a lot of my time. But I, I will say, like, I'm not down PlayStation 5. I do think the game of chicken both of these companies have been playing has been kind of it's, weird. It's because, unprofessional, yeah, we're, we're, I think, for us yeah. as journalists. It's, it's, 
it's a little it's a little iffy. I mean, there's a whole new console here that just exists now this week, even though it's launching in two months. That is kind of wild to me. So Sony's pricing, I think, is really where a lot of my judgment on the PlayStation 5 is going to come in. I don't think they can go past 499 yeah, yeah. especially since we know the hardware underneath it, even though it's very similar to the Xbox Series X, it is not as powerful as the Series X. So they, I can't see how they could justify costing more. Uh, the real question is where the diskless PlayStation 5 is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's going to be like at most 50 bucks less. I can't imagine Ooh. they would say $400 yeah. Just by if they you know. ma- if they managed to or wanted to sacrifice and hit three fifty with a discless, then that's a win mm. for Sony. Um, but yeah. I mean, this is the company that launched the six hundred dollars. Yeah, PlayStation yeah. So, yeah. But then they learned their lesson yeah. for the PlayStation Four. You know, I I wonder like how much wiggle room now they know the Xbox price. How much wiggle yes. room does Sony and PlayStation have? Um, yeah, I mean that's something like just some high powered exec. Can I will do. say. I, I think they're all going to be losing yeah. money on this because we've been looking at this hardware for a while. Um, we just saw NVIDIA's RTX 3000 GPUs get announced. We know AMD stuff isn't coming. Based on what we know so far, the Xbox Series X's hardware, to do that in a PC, like to get a next-generation SSD, the SSD alone will cost you 200 bucks. You know, a good GPU will cost you at least three or 400 bucks. So once you put that PC together, that's a $1,000 machine. It is certainly impressive to get that amount of power within a $500 console. Um, so the hardcore gamers, that's where they're going to go is the $500 machines. I think for everybody else, the $300 Series S, that thing is just a crazy good deal. You know, especially as people are out of work or you, they don't have as many hours as they used to. Um, if you want a new system for your kids, it makes so much sense to just spend 25 bucks a month get this console, get a whole bunch of games, so you're not always constantly I mean, Sherlin, you might be the right example of the kind of person, now that you're kind of getting into your gaming. I I mean, (laughs) yes, for Game Pass, yes, but I was going to ask you, Matt, like, what titles from either the Xbox or the PlayStation uh, libraries do you think I would enjoy? Well, Fall Fall Guys... I don't play a lot of first-person shooter No, nor do I. Fall Guys is on both, I think, right? You can play it on Xbox, Mm -hmm. but it came on PlayStation Plus So I don't want to be dumb and be like what's fall guys i know the name right and I know so it's amazing it's like <laughs> god i sound like the cliche that we like you like to joke i am it's like a japanese <laughs> game show you run at things oh. you're like it's like 60 players i think 60 players are all plonked at the front of a racing yeah. line and then it's like an obstacle course but all you can do is really like jump the american gladiators show a little bit but even lamer you're just like this little <laughs> jelly bean you really can't do much you can jump you can run you can kind of dive oh, but god. the dive is pretty much useless <laughs> okay but, can i play that on uh something other than the xbox or ps it, or whatever yeah, play it on play PC. On PC. Play, i think it's on steam so yeah. i would just get play that on my pc yeah i mean it's the kind they could definitely do it on steam um it came from devolver so we played it like i think two e3s ago oh. uh, there's a pc release i will say like the integrated graphics and newer even newer laptops were saying you could play a simple yeah. game like that pretty easily i'll wait till i'm yeah. done owning league of legends then i'll then i'll move <laughs> over it. to fall guys once let's i've just, finished league of legends once i've just completed it <laughs> once yeah, I, I know. It's just a, no it doesn't but yeah. once i like ace all my enemy teams all the time then we can talk about this <laughs> but yeah like fall guys is a good one wow um i'm trying to think what games we would like exactly that's my point is like all the titles y'all listed out aren't titles i'm interested in so but maybe I won't with buy game pass you have I this think, back well, catalog that's the benefit like yeah. old games that you can I play barbie detective mysteries there are things like that but you have a switch right and i yes, feel like exactly. if you just want indie games the yeah. switch is like yeah fall guys is going to be on the switch eventually like the switch that's can true. do most be a lot things of fun. so there's no overcooked you're fine with the switch all i want to do is play overcooked that's what we've established uh, and solitaire that. and solitaire apparently <laughs> 
Wow. Matt, any closing thoughts on this? I just, I feel like I'm excited by it. I don't, I want to see how it's going to I am just really impressed. I'm really impressed. I think Xbox has come out really strong with (laughs) all of this. Like, one thing we didn't... Even though Halo's delayed. I don't care about Halo. I'm not, I'm (laughs) not a white teenage American. I do not care about Halo. (laughs) Well, I'm white, but you know what I mean. Well, I will say, (laughs) the past three Halo games, the past three Halo games have also been a complete waste of time because I don't think 343 has done as good a job as Bungie did right. with that series. So I'm not, if it's delayed, fine. But that is a big hit oh, for Microsoft. As sorry, very quickly. I'm not sure if you have a fact check klaxon noise you can throw in, Ben. But yeah, Fall Guys isn't on Xbox. Steam ah, and So maybe PS4. that's why that's I should pl- get consider the PS instead or see if it's on PC. It's definitely on Steam. Just just wait and yeah, get it on PC. Um, what's my other final closing thoughts? Yeah, like the ball's in Sony's court now. But yeah, Xbox just like came out with this really pervasive pitch. And one thing we didn't quite mention about Game Pass is EA Play? Oh, yeah. yes. Freaking yeah. EA. EA Play. A hundred more games. Also, we didn't mention xCloud, yeah. which you could play your games it's like on Stadia, Android but devices. Not I mean, oh, yeah, yes. that's true. Actually, Sherlyn, you could just subscribe to Game Pass and play xCloud games on that's all your Android what devices. I was thinking so, that was going to be my, my Matt life hack for this, was going to just play yeah, play it on yeah. um, a Pixel or something. Yeah, there are a ton of gaming phones that I could probably try it You out. don't need it's it. True. No, you don't even need a gaming You want a proper phone. controller. Streaming. No, but what I mean is, anything. I mean is, like, I don't know if, like, well, I guess a flagship phone would be good enough. That's true. Any, like, the Note anyway, Ultra. You could, you could get a super cheap, crappy, like the Pixel 3a or even the Pixel 2, as long as it can stream yeah. video. For it real, like, games uh, when they launched... And the latency is fine? It should be. I mean, when they launched the Stadia, seen, like, the yeah. press kit included, the Stadia controller, I have the, the yeah. little bracket, and a Pixel 3a. So, you know, that's literally the bare minimum hardware for yeah. Stadia. So, xCloud will be... That's how it goes. This is... Next year's going to be really wild for gaming, uh, so I'm excited. It's not just about mm-hmm. having the fastest hardware around. I think that's a good thing for consumers all around. Yep. It's basically. really good yeah. for phone networks like our parent company, Verizon. <laughs> oh good lord he just has to say that we need a chime to Ka-ching. play every time we Matt say. gets a bonus Wait, that's NBC. can you hear me now so this week we had Android 11 review go up uh, Surface Duo reviews go up Xbox news drop as well but like as if that wasn't enough Apple was like here let me drop some news so sure, Apple why not? Yeah, sent out invites for its virtual uh, event it will be happening September 15th and the graphic that they sent out with the invitation, which usually is a hint as to what is coming, uh, has the words time flies on it and then some squiggles in the background. So everyone, I wonder what that could be referring to. We wonder what time flies could mean. But I, I mean, it, se- <laughs> it seems pretty obvious we might be expecting an Apple Watch. Uh, which to me is interesting because the watch OS 7 is still in beta. watch OS 7 was introduced earlier this year, I think in June. Wow, that feels like forever ago. Um, mm-hmm. But now we're going to get new hardware, it looks like. So it'd be interesting to see what Apple brings to the table here. Matt, you're an Apple Watch user. I am. Ready? I am. I'm wearing mine now. I've got my Mandalorian <laughs> strap on. It's kind of Mandalorian. Oh, boy. Ooh, that sounds good. I need um, a new strap. But yeah, I'm on I'm on the watch OS 7 beta, so I'm glad you mentioned it because... Um, like yeah, it? like the sleep tracking, everything sleep based mm. is really good. So before when when I'd wear like my Apple Watch either in bed before I took it off to charge, if I wore it, then I'd be listening to podcasts to kind of try to wind wind down, right? And if you move your arm, mm-hmm. the the digital bezel, mm-hmm. the, the crown, 
will rotate and then suddenly mm-hmm. it'll ramp up the volume to the max and just give yourself a heart attack. <laughs> now, oh, now wow. when it goes into kind of uh, go to bed mode, it kind of locks down the dial. So it doesn't, the screen doesn't unlock, the volume doesn't change. So it's lots of like That's tiny nice. little bits like that where the, it's making more sense for me to wear the watch in bed. Um, obviously, the Apple Watch charges really fast. So I'm not really missing, okay. you know, the issue of recharging it in the morning isn't a, a bad thing. I can just do it when I'm popping out to the shower and brushing my teeth. And then it's pretty much mm-hmm. always ready for me to wear. And also it's work from home. So, you know, it's a different life now. Charging your gadgets is completely different. It's not as important. It's just completely yeah. different, different, the whole use case. And the sleep tracking, so, yeah, from, sorry, I'll just wrap up the sleep yes. tracking part. Um, yes, do it. Yeah, so I haven't really learned much from that, but that's true of literally all sleep tracking. The one thing that is no. making my sleep better, though, is the alarm, the Apple Watch alarm you can set. Mm. It's the gentle. Yeah, it's so gentle and relaxing. Like my body is now mm-hmm. tricking itself into believing I'm waking up naturally because I can't feel it. <laughs> is it, does it buzz yeah, and vibrate it's, it's like, you know, it's, like, it's like, it's like a, a parent going, come on, it's time to wake up now. Like, but wake up. You have very different parents. Let's get some me. ASMR yeah, wake up. I have been using in the new iOS, which which iOS is it 13 now? 14 the beta. is the beta, I think. Yeah. I think 14, yeah. They have the same wake up features. And that is that has been my favorite wake up alarm for the past year or so. Yeah. yeah this also so I was going things. to say, Matt, sorry, is, mm. is the... I generally don't like wearing anything on my wrist to bed, mm-hmm. and that's why I had issues with, say, the Galaxy Watch 3, which I recently reviewed, which has better sleep tracking now, too. Um, and that watch was chunky. So were you, was it comfortable for you to wear the Apple Watch to bed? Yeah. something you didn't do before, and now you do. So, yeah, I've never had really an issue with the bands annoying me, yeah. but I always wear either fabric or those quite cozy uh, Apple plastic ones. They have a they have a really, mm. you know, pretend- yeah, they have a pretentious word for it, but I can't mm. remember what it is. But yeah, I find them uh, really comfortable. <laughs> I, I forget I have it on a lot of the time until like the battery runs out. Okay. But yeah, um, I, especially with these kind of stretchy, I know this is only really for the YouTube stream, but with these. Oh, ASMR. Oh, yeah, sorry. There you go. Velcro or? Yeah, Velcro. Wait mm. a minute, ready? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I should not. <laughs> can, can I do it without me making the creep noise? Yes. Um, I didn't feel it when I was sleeping, but um, have you used an Apple Watch much? Yeah. Have you tried? Not very much, no. It might be worth trying one, especially with Series 3 so cheap. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, I am getting one in a little bit um, because, again, as our main wearables person, I need to have a good uh, like good knowledge of all of it. And Chris Velasco is giving me one. It's just, it's been, it, we've said that he's going to get me one for years and he still <laughs> hasn't handed me one. That's where we're at. Um, I, but, I'd so, be interested to hear your um, opinion, Cher. Um, yeah, can't wait. Well, I think mm-hmm. already just looking at what um, other reviewers have said of the WatchOS 7 beta, that the sleep tracking doesn't seem as uh, in-depth or insightful mm-hmm. as uh, Fitbit or even Samsung's new one, where yeah, they use the heart rate. Yeah, they're just getting started, right? Exactly. It's very light. They're looking at your heart rate to, yeah, mm-hmm. to tell what zone of sleep you're in. And to me, that's actually a little bit more helpful because I, I, I have seen the Watch 3 measure up in terms of noting if I've been in REM or deep sleep. And deep sleep mm-hmm. is just so much more restorative and helpful for your body overall. So I, to me, that's important. But then again, yeah, 
I don't want to wear a watch to bed, so it doesn't really matter yeah. that much to me. I, I don't blame you. We talked a bit about this yeah. a couple of weeks ago, too. Is there any new hardware like you guys are looking forward to so, with the next Apple Watch? Yeah. On the next Apple Watch, I don't know what you think, uh, Matt, but I suspect they're going to catch up to the rest of the industry and add things like blood oxygen monitoring. I'm not sure if it already sure. does. I don't think so. But mm -hmm. they did start the ECG uh, trend. So now I, yes. I think there's something else they're going to do with heart rate variancing or, or, or irregularities. A feature which has saved lives. So hey, yeah, that's saved good Chris Velasco's yeah. life. Did it? Mm -hmm. uh, it did. He. I'll tell you okay. later. But Matt, what do you think? <laughs> so, okay, so that's <laughs> another crime. He forgot to so breathe. That's another crime point, to put yeah, against so. Apple. They saved Chris Velasco's life. Yeah, yeah. that's their yeah. fault. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Apple. Alive of them. Is there anything else we can expect from this event too? Because I feel like this time is like, where, where, where's my five G yeah. iPhone? Yeah. So a lot of people were thinking this might be the iPhone event, but then uh, mm -hmm. based on the invitation, it seems more like the watch event and maybe an iPad because there's some scribbles in the background. Sure. Maybe <laughs> a MacBook because I hate how we have to read the tea yeah. leaves for yeah. the stupid thing. Like maybe take it to yeah, church, I mean, spread Devendra, some holy water for on new it. Hardware, what, what... So maybe you know the next Apple Watch yes. Series Six comes with a stylus. Devendra hardware. Devendra hardware. Or, hardware, oh yeah. my god, a stylus. A stylus. Big stylus. stylus. Ooh. 5G ooh. watch. Like a James Bond <laughs> yeah. stylus mm. that like retracts. Uh, There's also oh an assassination god. It comes out needle. of the digital yeah. crown. You pull it out. Y'all <laughs> yeah. need in all to. seriousness, yeah. though, yes. in all seriousness, the last gen, fifth gen, was barely, a like there wasn't a design refresh because uh, the, the fourth five? series yeah. was the big one. So yes. six yes. series is Maybe. the one where we're expecting some actual hardware. Yeah, right. Maybe it will have a makeover yeah. and a better, better battery life. Yeah, I'd love a Solar bit of, I'm sure there's going to be battery life improvements. The rumor is, well, almost very likely that due to the beta that doesn't support it, um, there's not going to be a force touch anymore. So you're not going to have that hard mm. touch. So that's one thing out. So that means more space for battery. I really like I'm touch, But yeah. I'm also fine with just holding, <laughs> like force touch and holding for more than half a second are equivalent to me. <laughs> I don't miss yeah, it too much. Yeah. Um, the other thing is maybe they, they'll, uh, from some of the rumors, but I don't really believe them too much. They might completely redesign the digital crown. Did you hear about this, Cher? Mm. Uh, not yet. I actually haven't seen those rumors, um, but I wouldn't be surprised because Samsung's spinning bezel is doing really mm. well. Um, and the digital crown with interacting with the watchOS 7 interface, it just looks like it's difficult. Like you have it's, to Yeah, it's never been good. Things. I wonder if they'll get rid of the crown, but like have some kind of like a, a swipey sensitive thing where you, you could just kind right. of... Mm. They might make... Yeah. That's, I, I, this is all speculation at this point. Um, so we don't really know. I do want to point out that like uh, there's some other speculation and rumors going around about a second event in September or maybe a few weeks later uh, that will more likely be the iPhone launch event. And people, oh, wow. okay. yeah, people okay. were saying, uh, according to some rumors, that instead of happening in the usual September timeframe, the iPhone event might happen later in October instead because hmm. of COVID related production delays. That's okay. that's the. Rumor. I just I just want to take a vacation, guys. <laughs> I know. A week where I could just like run away, oh, dude. It's I, not happening. Oh, I I I already <laughs> admitted that I'm not going to take a break until Thanksgiving. Like this is Oof. this is what's going to happen. Um, this is how it goes. I want to quickly anyway, point out though, Matt. Anything you, else? Yeah, uh, people on the podcast should know that there is also a live stream chat that we refer to during the show, and people in the chat are saying that blood oxygen apparently is on the um, Apple Watch Series Five. But no blood pressure yet, it seems. Yes, and that sounds about right. Blood pressure mm -hmm. is something that uh, Samsung like said it was going to 
do with the Galaxy Watch 3, and it is going to be in Korea, but it's pending regulatory approval here in the U.S. And so... it requires a strap, too. Like, exactly. It requires, an actual it requires calibration with a blood pressure cuff. So anyway, we don't know what Apple is going to do, but Apple might be able to exert more pressure on things like the FDA to get that all right. working. So we Sounds good. Well, we'll see. We'll see more about <laughs> Apple next week as we all scramble to cover. Yeah. Next more week's podcast will be news. all about Apple for sure. Oh, boy. Yeah, it will be. And also be sure to check out um, after the Apple event, we'll be doing a live stream just like this, too. So it'll be me and Chris Velasco chatting about all the Apple news. So be sure to tune in for that. Matt Smith, thank you so much thank for you. joining Sorry us. Sorry I was a bit late to the party. No, it's all right. you were fine. And also, uh, dear listeners and viewers, if you enjoy hearing Matt's beautiful British voice, you can also <laughs> tune in and check out uh, the Engadget Morning Edition, which is a daily news show featuring our very own Matt Smith. That's that's how I wake up, actually. That is my wake Your up. Your gentle alarm. wake up. Your, oh, God. Yeah, it's Matt's voice. <laughs> Matt, reading Matt Smith's <laughs> ASMR wake up. Oh, my it's God. Like, pss, pss. Wake, wake up. up, wake up, wake, wake up. up, British wake up. There was some Apple news overnight. <laughs> wake up, think about work immediately. <laughs> So let's move on to what we've been working on. Um, I've I've been doing so much. I've been testing <laughs> we so all many have. things. Some graphics stuff. Yeah, I mean, we both have. Yeah. I've been testing some graphics stuff. I've been testing some VR stuff. And I cannot say specifically <laughs> what either of those things are. But stay tuned over the next couple of weeks. And you'll see a lot of news from, uh, from me on mm-hmm. all of that. And also, yeah, I wrote up a thing, too, about the Xbox Series S and what a great value it is. So be sure to read that piece. We're going to have a video up on that soon, too. Sherlyn, what else have you been doing? You don't seem like you're working enough. Let me just say, you're not busy at all. I, yeah, I know. Welcome to Sherlyn's <laughs> weekly corner where she complains about too much work. Um, and so this week has been all about the concurrently handling the Android 11 review and the Surface Duo review while also doing all of the other new stuff. It's been... <laughs> A ride. Um, so yeah, check out the Android 11 for review. We, we kind of wanted to talk about it on the podcast today, but we had too much mm-hmm. other new stuff come up. Plus, there's not really that much to say about the Android 11 review. If only it because... barely deserves a version number, it seems. Yeah, I, I almost like my original review uh, conclusion for that was like, this doesn't feel like Android 11. It feels like Android 10.5. Is what I, you know, had in mm-hmm. there. It's iterative. It's you know minor, and a lot of the changes you could disable if you don't like them, which is a good thing because a lot of them I didn't really like. But um, it still provides important, useful tools like built-in screen recording. At last, I'm, I'm a bit of a stalker. That's so one that's, thing yeah. iOS did before Android. That's amazing. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. I can't believe that Apple beat them to the punch with that. Exactly. But there you go. Um, and then there's important like privacy setting features like one-time permissions and auto resetting of permissions uh, for your apps, which is great. Um, and then everything else is really about bubbles and conversations, notifications. So check out the review on Engadget.com. We also have a review video on the YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, and then other things that we're working on. I thought I could get a sort of a break next week from the crushing workload, but no, there is we no have, break. There's there no, is break. no break. There's the Apple event. And then I just got late last night, uh, another embargoed review device coming. So yeah, that's that. And then next week we have a bunch more fitness devices to test. So there's, there's y'all, you'll see me tweet there's a lot so about not sleeping. Basically, that's what's going to happen. I'm sure we'll be dealing with a bunch of stuff too, like all the new hardware's coming um, yes. eventually. Maybe we'll see the Xbox Series X. As we're yeah. recording this, I just saw some hands-ons go up and now I'm just like, Where is I'm sitting here yeah. fuming, fuming and mad. just like, 
writing something to our PR person. So we're going to have something on all this stuff soon. Yeah. All the gift guides, right? All, exactly. That's so I was going to say, as, as, as if that wasn't enough, we're also in the middle of <laughs> doing our prep work slash early work for holiday gift guide. Can you imagine? It's already September and God. we're going to be getting ready to recommend you like things to buy for people that you won't be seeing for a while in person. Um, so yeah, there's that. So yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> if I'm not responding to people's emails, dear PR people, please, please be patient and understanding. Thank yeah. you. Trillin's going to be busy playing solitaire for also eight hours that. again. That's only when wow. I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> Let's move on to our, uh, <gasps> pop culture yes, picks. And relax. as usual, Trillin, I'm going to let you kick it off, but uh, <laughs> I have no idea what you're choosing because you like to make this a secret. So Yeah, I think regular that? listeners know by now that I refuse to tell. I like to... So the reason I hold my recommendations is because I want Devinder's reaction real, uh-huh. like recorded for posterity. So, okay, Dev, this isn't really my main recommendation, but one of it, uh, one of the things I've watched recently for the first time, and you're going to be like, what the shit? Uh, <laughs> this past weekend, I think I saw Red Dragon for the first time on okay. Netflix. Okay. The... Uh- all right. Which is the sequel prequel type thing to Hannibal uh-huh. slash The Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the did Lambs. you watch Hannibal? I forget. I have seen Silence of the Lambs ages ago, but what I did after watching Red Dragon was then watch Silence of the Lambs again. So I it was nice to see. I, I see you're doing everything but watch backwards. the series I told you to watch. <laughs> it's wow. true. I'm not watching anything. You're doing about. everything but the thing I recommended <laughs> I'm you like, do. Let's watch Devendra said to watch this. I'll watch Red Dragon instead. <laughs> and you also went straight to the bad third movie. <laughs> Have you seen Silence of the Lambs before? Yes, I did. Yes. Okay. And then okay. I rewatched good, good, it good. after Red Dragon. Um, Perfect movie. Yeah. It's so a good, good movie. Uh, love Jodie Foster. I think that's... <laughs> yeah anyway but okay Mm -hmm. my real um recommendation which i send to one of our video producers every week uh to get the video (laughs) ready for our live stream and and it's where i'm going to refer to now because i've forgotten why i've sent him what i have is a running list of things i want to recommend and then i pick them out every few weeks and i send to sure sure this week i've sent i am recommending uh in the shadow of the moon have you seen that on netflix I have not. So it's a it's a it's a film that was released last year on Netflix. It stars um I think Michael C. Hall is one of the stars. And it's about like it's Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. about time mm-hmm. travel sort of, but it's also weirdly mm-hmm. timely, haha <laughs> pun. Um, <laughs> because it's also about a bit of civil unrest and mm-hmm. uh, you know, racial tensions and stuff like that. So the protagonist is this guy who his wife dies during childbirth because and I don't think that's a spoiler, by the way. And his wife died during childbirth because he was chasing down this woman murderer who's on a killing <laughs> spree. And the murderer seems to be doing something really strange, like how she's killing people. She's be, she's mm-hmm. able to seemingly remote melt their brains. Like she's <laughs> turning their brains into goo or blood okay. uh, sure. from a distance. And he's, <laughs> yeah, so he chases her and he realizes that she's actually traveling through time and he's chasing her through time. So I, I mean, it's not the best movie, but it, it has an interesting premise. And I, I heard it was fun stuff. I, I do want to shout out from the same director, Stakeland, 
which is a 2010 movie about vampire hunters, mm. which kind of rules. I it is a really cool indie movie. vampire movie. Yeah, so check that out. I love Jim Mickle. Yeah, you know I'm just not going to and watch other shit again. Yeah, and... I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to our listeners oh, okay. who <laughs> are wise enough to listen wow. to the things I suggest. <laughs> what are you watching? What are you going to recommend I watch this time around? Uh, I would recommend people not watch the new Mulan remake. Yeah, on I Disney already Plus. saw that. Sorry, uh, bro. uh yeah it is it's not worth 30 bucks it's a very pretty movie but i think a very basic version of that story i mean in a weird way they try to make it a more deeper uh, mulan type thing but here's my thing i think it's just a dumber crouching tiger that's what they've turned that story into i can i just say that as a person who grew up in asia watching having watched so many different versions and interpretations of live drama live action uh, mulan in tv series form or in movie form movie form um i definitely it was hard for me to watch the disney version in part because it's quite a faithful adaptation of the cartoon which is fine mm-hmm. there's like some real replications of scenes that were in the cartoon that i think those fans yeah. of that movie will enjoy but there's they took away some things it, like yeah, yeah took, talking animals and, and it, stuff, it yeah. took away talking animals for sure and a lot of the like the crickets missing but mm-hmm. um, it also introduced some new characters that didn't feel like they totally fit in. Um, the The set pieces were great. The scenes looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, they've moved the setting from uh, like a typical, like a, we call them like a courtyard style square house. And then they've moved it to like a round uh, community uh, housing mm-hmm. village style, which is a very different province and a very different historical like setting so for me a lot of the period facts were a bit <laughs> off and i just was like oh this doesn't sit right with me but if you don't really know the mulan story the way i do like the chinese historical cultural way sure this won't be that bad for you but it's still not, not it's that great. it's fine but yeah here's the thing everybody i think crouching tiger hidden dragon is one of the best movies ever made it's fantastic mm. i've seen it many many times angali was actually the first person they tapped to do this remake and he was just too busy so right. i imagine his version would have been Something a little more interesting, at least. Um, my real shout-outs, by the way, are just two movies <laughs> I've seen dozens of times over the past couple of months because my daughter, I, I feel like I've introduced her to these movies and she's <laughs> latched on completely. So Sophia loves My Neighbor Totoro. I saw and her she dancing. she loves Kiki's Delivery Service. And we just watch them over <laughs> and over and over again. But here's the thing. These movies are so good. I don't care. I don't care because I love them so much. So I love every time I rewatch these movies with my daughter and seeing her get so into them, mm. it just really reminds me of how great these things are and the way movies connect with kids can be very different than, you know, the way I typically review movies. But mm-hmm. I love these things. They're just fantastic. And yeah, I just want to say like these great movies, they're great. And they're also streaming on HBO Max right now with all along with all the, all the other Studio Ghibli stuff. So you can watch them easily. You don't have to go roll out Blu-rays and DVDs like you used to. So yeah, check those out if you haven't seen them yet. And that's it for this week's episode, everyone. Thank you as always for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra online at... At Devendra on Twitter, and I podcast about movies and TV at the Slash Filmcast at SlashFilm.com. Also, podcasting about Legend of Korra at Republic City Dispatch. Just Google that. If you want to send me a list of shows I'm definitely not going to watch, please tweet me at Sherlyn Lowe on Twitter. Email us your thoughts and feedback at podcastedengadget.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes, and subscribe on anything that guides podcasts, including Spotify.
But that's that's a very different Engadget podcast, Matt's feet. That's a completely different 